All right, here we go. Well, that's overwhelming. <laughs> And away we go. Another edition of the Sharp Action Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're taping this on a Friday afternoon, getting ready for a big football weekend. Exciting football weekend. NFL Week 10. Uh, College football, I I don't know, does it really matter what the numbers of the week? It's Bama LSU week, I know that. It's Penn State Michigan week, I know that too. Uh, Or excuse me, not Penn State Michigan. Goodness gracious me. Penn State, Minnesota, who cares? Doesn't matter. The only Penn State game that matters is the Ohio State game in a couple weeks. But uh, we'll we'll touch on the Penn State, Minnesota game. Uh, Penn State, Michigan. Wow. Uh, It's been that kind of week, folks. Um, Fun episode. Uh, Really excited that we're back. You know, I'm I'm getting into the mode here. Bi-weekly, I think, is the right way to go. I mean, uh, you know, the guest this week... You know, we, we gave out picks for this week, so I guess it probably would help you guys to have picks every week, but I tweet out enough stuff. You get plenty of picks from me. We don't need to give you out picks every every week on this show, but uh, I, I I am happy that we had more of a, a traditional capper on this week, and he's one, of the, he's one of the best dudes in this city in terms of being on top of this gambling movement. John Jastrzemski uh, got his start at WFAN. Uh, here in town, and, and he's just totally taken off. He's an absolute star. Now he's doing stuff for SNY. Uh, probably going to be national once they figure out uh, how to how to get a national gambling show somewhere. Uh, at, you know, somewhere that that's that's actually legit. I know they do it a little bit, but you know, now that we're really starting to get going with it, uh, this is someone who has been uh, on the on the front line of this movement for years. Uh, and you know, we go back, we work together at a couple different shops, we work together at MLB.com. We did, we did all kinds of stuff together, went to some Q's games together uh, in Brooklyn, you know, just an overall degenerate. And those are the type of people that I get along with. Uh, so we've been friends for a few years. I hit him up over the summer when, when I was putting this together, I said, Hey man, I, you know, once I get this thing up and running, I'd love to have you on. We'll do like a real capping segment together. And he was totally on board with it. Uh, nice enough to hop on with me today before he hopped on SNY. So, uh, we thank him for that. And we'll hear from JJ in just a little bit. Uh, we, we, we do want to talk a little bit of sharp money, uh, first, because that's, you know, that's kind of what we do here. Right. Um, so, uh, I'll get to some stuff that I've seen over the last couple weeks. That's kind of interested me. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit, you know, some sharp trends, some sharp plays that I've seen, uh, in college in the NFL for this week. And then, and then JJ gave out his, his picks. Uh, I gave out a couple of picks during the segment too. Uh, not surprising that JJ and I saw eye to eye on, on a lot of these games in terms of sharp money. Uh, it, especially one in particular, uh, which we'll touch on, uh, during our segment. I don't want to give that away because it's, it's, it's really my best. It's my best bet of the NFL season. And I don't like giving that crap because I think it's total garbage when you say best bet, lock, all this bullshit. But in this particular case, when all the stars align and it's sharp money and it's analytics and it's what your gut says, it's rare that all three of those things line up. And they do this week for this one game. I gave it out on CBS. I'm doing this new segment with Steve Overmeyer at CBS called Finalysis. Uh, that'll air Friday night at 10 o'clock, but it'll be online. I'll tweet it out to all you guys. So I'm, I'm starting to starting to give out picks for 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 Steve. And this was the the number one pick I gave out because I I, I just love it so much, and and I'm not surprised at all uh, that JJ loves it as well. And we'll get our take on it, his take first, and then mine uh, coming up in the interview. So a big NFL pick, definitely you want to take take notice of this one because. Uh, you don't get these opportunities too often where all the stars align, sharp money, analytics, the whole kit and caboodle uh, on one side, uh, and it's a short number. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a winner uh, on Sunday. First, Saturday. Um, there, there are some interesting games on Saturday. Uh, I, I think, obviously, the LSU-Bama game, probably the most publicly bet game of the season in college football with the exception of maybe the, the playoff. Uh, I, it, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I think the the line is spot on, and that's why they've seen good two-way action. Uh, I, I didn't check it today. I'll check it right now. Uh, it, it looked like six and a half was the number. I think that's where it'll close at because uh, I just think that's the best. I think that's the best take on this game. I think Bama certainly is the better side, but we've seen a lot of good stuff from LSU this year, so you just don't know 
uh, which LSU, it's, it's down to six. So we've seen a little, little bit of movement towards LSU. I think it'll close right around there, six, six and a half. Uh, the 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 side for me that's been just sharper side I think is the total. Uh, it opened at sixty four, uh, down to sixty two and a half. We're seeing a lot of sharp money come in on the under, and I know a lot of people think these two teams are all about the offense, which they are. They I mean there's there's no doubt about it, people. They are. This is not your grandmother's, your father's, your uncle's, even your you know your your older brother's SEC. It's just it's not that kind of league anymore. This is a spread them out, throw the ball down the field. How many points can we score league? These games were 9-6 a few, like, like two years ago. I think LSU got shut out two years ago. I forget what the score was last year. Maybe last year was the shutout. Let me check. I don't want to give you guys bad information here. Alabama. Schedule. I wish I had like an ad that I could play while I look for this. I need a producer in my ear. Anyone want to come be my producer for this podcast? I can't pay you anything, but I can give you picks every week. 29 nothing last year. So, you know, this is a different game now. In 2017, this game was 24-10. In 2016, this game was 10 nothing. In 2015, all right, 46 points, 30-16. to 16. Where was the 9-6 game? I know there was like a 12, like a 2013 in overtime. That was 2013. All right, so maybe there wasn't a 9-6 game. Uh, but last year was a shutout, and and I, obviously we're not going to see a shutout this year. But 63 is a lot of points, down to 62.5 now. Uh, 31-30 is a win for the under. So if you think it's going to get over that, then you should bet the over. But I think we're seeing a lot of square money on the over, and we've seen sharp money on the under. That's why it's moved down. So I, I, I don't want to bet. I don't want to bet too much on that game uh, because I just I just don't think it's a really good game to bet. Uh, I think betting a college football under is not fun, and especially betting a college football under in a game like that where you think both teams are going to fly up and down the field. Yes, the sharper side is probably under, and my guess is that game stays under, but I would not. I would not allocate a, a large amount of your bankroll to that pick. Uh, I think there are better picks this weekend that you can bet on uh, that are probably going to be a little more fun to watch and and probably are going to be, well, I take that back. LSU Bama is going to be fun to watch. But you're, you, nobody likes betting it under. So uh, if you're going to bet that pick uh, and you're going to follow the sharp money with the under in that Bama-LSU game, I would just tread lightly. The game that I really like this week, and this sounds crazy because it's the chalkiest play on the board. I like Ohio State. Uh, I, I've seen some sharp money come in on the Buckeyes. And again, just because I see sharp money come in on a game does not mean that I'm betting that game. So we need to clear. I, I have an argument with my friends, uh, this, this real jackrabbit, one of my friends who's basically just, I don't know, his, his brain sometimes doesn't really, doesn't really compute things. Uh, you know who I'm talking about guys. Uh, it, it every, you know, every time I'll, I'll like tell them like my little group chat, Hey, sharp money coming on this side. And they're like, Oh, you're going to bet that. Mm, no, maybe. I mean, oh, I thought the sharps always win. No, sharps don't always win. Uh, if a sharp wins six out of ten times, he's a Hall of Famer, just like the uh, baseball. If you if you get a hit three out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, if a, if 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 you're winning a bet six out of ten times, then you're a sharp and you're a professional. Um, most people don't. Most people are lucky if they get the three out of ten. Uh, but no, sharps don't always win. So just because I see sharp money come in on a side does not mean that I'm going to bet that side. I saw sharp money come in on Oklahoma this week. I do not want to bet the Sooners, fourteen, laying fourteen against Iowa State. Yeah, maybe there's sharp money on Oklahoma, but I, I personally, my gut says that game is not. That's a tough game for them to be swallowing fourteen points. Uh, and it's really 14 and a half now after the sharp play. So it started, I think it's 13, went all the way up to 14 and a half. So there's a good example. There's a sharp game. There's a sharp money on Oklahoma. I'm not going to play it this week. Uh, Ohio State, I will play. Uh, I, I just saw the news about Chase Young a few minutes ago. Um, I, I want to just confirm what it is. Uh, potential NCAA. So we don't know what it is. Uh, personally, I think this is garbage. I mean, obviously, as a Penn State fan, I'm not going to really – I don't really know. I mean, obviously, as a Penn State fan, you would think I'd be happy that he's out, but I personally think this is garbage. I think this is Ohio State just floating around a suspension so they can get the NCAA off this kid's back 
So then he can come back for the Penn State game and just absolutely tear us up. Uh, they don't need him this week against Maryland. They don't need him next week against Rutgers. Might as well sit him for two games. Uh, I, I, so that Penn State-Ohio State game is the only game that matters this year. Uh, I, I know this Saturday is important. I think Penn State wins on Saturday. The spread is a little funky. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they cover. Maybe they don't. They've been really good on the road this year. Uh, I think they win the game, though. And I, I think we go to that Penn State-Ohio State game unbeaten. It'll probably be one versus three. Whoever loses LSU-Bama will drop out. And we'll see where the chips fall because, man, do we struggle there. Um uh, I I have really I have bad I'm having bad flashbacks right now to my uh my trip to Columbus two years ago when Saquon returned the opening kick for a touchdown and we we're up 14 and I think we had a I want to say we had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter um maybe or 11 10 or 11 point lead in the fourth quarter of that game and obviously that's when we lost uh but. I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking up. I'm having these flashbacks, but I, I do have to. I do want to look it up and see what the score was, because it's just, ugh. I know I'm gonna. It's it's gonna be painful when I when I look at this box score. Um, 39-38 was the final. Um, we were up 35 to 20 entering the fourth quarter. Wow. They outscored us in the fourth quarter, 19 to three. Yeah. JT Barrett, uh, that was that was probably the worst I've ever felt after a college football game it, when I was like in in attendance. I was not in attendance for the Penn State game against Michigan when they lost on the last play with Mario Manningham, um, but my friends were. They still they'll probably say that was the worst. This was bad. I mean, Saquon returned the opening kickback for a touchdown. That place got the 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 shoe got quiet real fast. That might have been that that might have been the, the the fastest the horseshoe has ever gotten quiet for a big Big Ten game like a, like a big time game. That place was rocking for the opening kick, and then Saquon said, "Shut up." But I, I don't want to talk too much more about it because we lost. Um. Anyways, moving on. So I do think Ohio State minus. I know that sounds crazy. It's like the squarest play ever. Ohio State minus forty two. I saw sharp money come in on the Buckeyes. I I looked at this game and Maryland is just. It's just a tro- they're having an atrocious season. Uh, we look back at that Syracuse win and we're like, wow, Maryland's gonna have a good year. They beat Syracuse. Well, Syracuse is one of the worst teams in the ACC this season. So it, I, I just I just don't see how Maryland stops. I mean, they couldn't stop Michigan last week, and Michigan's offense is a shell compared to Ohio State's offense. So I I don't see how Maryland stops Ohio State. I bet at first half and full game, and. It, it feels like a good spot for the Buckeyes to just roll. They've got Rutgers next week. No look ahead. Uh, it, you know, the, the the Chase Young suspension, I almost think, helps them. They don't need him on Saturday, but they're going to play a lot harder on defense without him probably. That's usually what happens when one of your best guys goes down. And they are so much more talented than Maryland. If these guys play at the highest level that they're capable of, they are going to absolutely blow the doors off the Terps. So I, I I think Ohio State's probably like the best bet for me in college football this weekend. Uh, I know that's crazy swallowing 42 points, but I just like it. Uh, I took a look at Baylor. I saw a lot of sharp money come in on Baylor. Uh, that line went from like one to three. I haven't checked it yet today. It is still at oh, – I'm looking at today's lines. Let's go to Saturday. It's at three with juice on the plus three for TCU. So minus 115 on TCU plus three. Uh, I feel like it'll probably stay there, but I think there's a chance it might, it might maybe go back down to two and a half. But I, I don't think it goes off of three too much. Uh, if you like TCU in this game, I would grab it tonight at three because maybe it does go back down to two and a half. Although with the sharp money coming in on Baylor, the 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 juice could even out. So uh, I I do like I think Baylor wins the game. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they win by a field goal, but I did see sharp money coming on Baylor. Uh, that is something that I'm considering this week. I saw sharp money come in on Washington State. Uh, let's see what we got for Washington State. Oh, these NFL NCAA lines are really bad. Uh, Washington State minus seven and a half at Cal. Mm. 
I'll probably lay off that game. Cal's been atrocious ever since their QB got hurt. Uh, I'm on a season under for Cal, so I, I'm pulling for Washington State in the game. A Washington State win is fine by me. I probably won't be betting Washington State, but I just do. I did want to tell you that I did see some sharp money come in uh, on Washington State minus seven and a half. So Dave Sherpin, for those of you that don't know, uh, becoming one of my you know networking uh, connects. Uh, you know, he, he goes by Sportsbook Consigliere, so he's becoming my consigliere for the Vegas books. Uh, we had him on the show a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, odds maker out at Venetian, CG Technology, does a great job, been doing it forever, Penn State alum. So, you know, we hit it off real quick. I reached out to Dave because I was curious what the line would be for Penn State, Ohio State. Hypothetically speaking, both teams remain undefeated. I told him I thought it was going to be 10. And I thought that was... Yeah, I I thought that was right on. But I was wrong. He just texted me. Penn State would be 13-and-a-half-point dogs at CG if they played at Ohio State today or tomorrow. Seems high. We'll see if the next couple weeks change that. I'll tell you this. If Penn State loses to Minnesota and that line goes to like 16 or 17 by two weeks from now, man, how can you not take Penn State there? Uh, Yeah. Because you got to imagine, I mean, I know Ohio State's look great, and I give them all the credit in the world. They are playing like the best team in the country. But there's not been a team that's gone through an entire season without playing one close game. Even Clemson this year played a close game. And I know people are down on Clemson. I don't know why. Uh, They'll be in the playoff for sure. Uh, whoever's freaking out, Clemson fans are not happy. But I get it. I understand why they're not happy. But it's it, you know you're going to be in the playoff. Relax. Don't worry. These rankings mean nothing. Um, I I'm not rooting for us to lose, but I hope we don't win by a lot on Saturday or the following Saturday. And I hope that we are not looked upon very highly going into that Ohio State game. Because if that line goes above 14, you have to bet it. You have to bet Penn State. They're the, they will be the best team Ohio State has played this year, and Ohio State has not been tested yet. Like, they just frankly have not played anybody that has any chance of doing anything significant in the national landscape. Let's go through Ohio State's schedule. I mean, it's actually a joke. I actually don't understand. And, and I mean, I get it. They, they've blown everybody out, and they should be blowing everybody out. But, man, this schedule is... Brutal. Clearly, we know how good Wisconsin is. They lost to Illinois. So, you want to say that Wisconsin game, all right, they played Wisconsin, who's tough. They beat Wisconsin by 31 points. Wisconsin's not very good. Like, let's just be frank. They're just not that good. They haven't done anything on the, in their big games this year, and they lost to Illinois. So, you can throw that Wisconsin win out the window as like a high-quality, upper echelon, top 10 win. It's just not. Michigan State's been awful this year. Actually atrocious. I know the numbers, the analytics say Michigan State's a good team. They're outgaining teams yardage-wise, blah, 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 blah. They can't score points, period, end of story. Michigan State cannot score. They scored 10 against Ohio State's great defense. If Michigan State can score 10 points on the road against Ohio State, Penn State can put up three touchdowns. Penn State's been great on offense this year. They're the only team in the country this year that's top 10 efficiency offense, defense, special teams. And I know I'm a Penn State homer, blah, 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 blah. I'm not telling you to bet them this week because you know my philosophy. I do not bet Penn State when there's a minus sign in front of the number, which there is this week. But next week, or excuse me, in two weeks when they play Ohio State and the number's plus 14, take a hard look at Penn State that week. Um... By the way, the other Ohio State wins. So we mentioned the ranked ones against Michigan State and Wisconsin. Good for them. The other wins for Ohio State this year, Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, Indiana, Miami of Ohio, Nebraska, and Northwestern. The road games were Nebraska, Northwestern, and Indiana. Yeah. 
I don't think Michigan State should be ranked. Wisconsin's probably a t- probably 10, 15, somewhere in that range. Probably, you know, 15, I think, is good for them. So they have one top 15 win this year. Now, I'm not saying Penn State's schedule has been that much better because it hasn't. But when I so I, I don't I don't mean to digress here, but this is the kind of stuff that I think is interesting because I think sharp money would be very fascinated to know what that Penn State Ohio State line would be. And I'm gonna be very fascinated to see where it moves once it is released in two weeks or I don't know, ten days. Uh so Penn State's got their tough game against Minnesota this week. They beat Michigan, they beat Iowa, they beat Pittsburgh, which is actually looking to be a better win than people think. Pittsburgh's been decent this year. Um and Buffalo's probably gonna win the Mac. So, yeah. I'd say they've played an equal schedule. Slight edge to Penn State on the schedule. Tough road win at Iowa. Iowa's a tough place to play. Um, Ohio State lost there, I think, last year. Michigan's always a tough game. They've got guys. There was no doubt they were winning at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's awful. They held Michigan State to seven points on the road. Granted, that was a really bad weather game. But, hey, that happens in the Big Ten. So, big game this weekend, Penn State-Minnesota. Penn State's getting all the money. Not, I, I say it was like 90% last I saw. Spread and money line. Stay away. Uh, Penn State probably wins the game. They probably win by three uh, because the books need Penn State to cover, win and not cover. But that's basically what the books want because um, there's going to be a lot. Actually, no. In this case, the books probably want Minnesota to win because uh, there's a lot of money on Penn State money line too. Um, and there's probably going to be a lot of money on teasers and, and parlays uh, with Penn State in there. So the books want Minnesota to win. Maybe they do win. And you know what? If they do, fine. Uh, and that's just the way Penn State's season would go, where they'd be out of the playoff picture, and they would be big, big underdogs against Ohio State. Probably it would go up to 17, 16 and a half maybe. Uh, and I'll check with Dave on that because I think we'll probably do one more episode that week. In fact, yeah, we're going to do another episode Ohio State week. Uh, and we'll, 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 maybe we'll get Dave back on to talk about that line. Because that's going to be, you know, I know the Bama LSU game this week. That's the other game. But really, there's two games in college football that you're really excited about regular season. One of them is on Saturday, Bama LSU. The other one potentially is in two weeks. You just hope both teams are undefeated. That'll be one versus three if both teams are undefeated. I mean, you know, you don't see that too often. One versus two, we've seen. One versus three, we've seen. But it's not. It it doesn't happen often. So you know, we're 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 getting one versus two Saturday, and we might get one versus three. No, we're getting two, two versus three Saturday, and we might be getting one versus three in two weeks. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good college football season. You know, we're not going to get that in the conference tournaments, the conference play, in the conference championship games. That's for damn sure. You know, we're going to get Ohio State, Minnesota in the Big Ten Conference game, Big Ten Conference Championship game. We'll get probably Bama or LSU, Georgia. That's not bad, but Georgia's not top five anymore. We'll get Clemson, Pittsburgh again. I don't even know who's going to win the ACC Coastal this year. Like, that's the thing with these conference tournaments. The divisions just make things so interesting. I actually kind of like what the Big 12 has done. Going one versus two. No, we could get Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. So we'll get Clemson, Virginia in the, in the ACC uh, Coastal. Virginia four and two in the Coastal. Pitt three and two. UNC is probably out of it. Three and three. They lost to Virginia, so they're a game and a half back with three to go. Yeah, Virginia or Pitt. Virginia played Pitt this year. Sorry, I'm looking to see if Virginia's played Pitt. Yeah, they lost to him week one. So it's going to be Virginia. It's going to be Virginia in the Coastal. Barring like a collapse for UVA. Who's UVA got left? I got them over. I've got an over seven and a half with them. I need them to win two more games. They're six and three. All right, they play Georgia Tech at home this week. They should beat Georgia Tech. They'll definitely beat Liberty at home. All right, they close out with three home games. I need to go two and one. Georgia Tech, Liberty, Virginia Tech. That's always a tight game against Votech, but I think they'll beat the Hokies. All right, so it's probably going to be Virginia-Clemson in the ACC game. You know, Virginia might be ranked 20th. But my point is, these conference tur- these conference championship games, you're going to see a lot of one-sided action. It's going to be heavy favorite, double-digit favorite against a, a do- upstart dog. One of these dogs will probably cover, but who knows. Uh, regardless, getting back to the stuff this week, um, 
I think the hardest thing to really cap uh, with this Penn State Minnesota game is just how like I, I know Minnesota is going to come out fired up, but just how well do their athletes match up against Penn State's athletes, especially on the outside? I think wide receiver DB could be a big advantage for the Nittany Lions. Uh, I, I got to see what the weather's going to be in Minneapolis, but you know it definitely does look like it definitely does look like this is a big time public you know square favorite swallow the point. No, it looks like crappy weather tomorrow in Minneapolis. Great. Uh, 50% chance of, of precipitation right around game time. I mean, 30%. It'll go up throughout the game. So maybe it'll start out dry and it'll get cold. Temperatures are going to be right around 39, 40 degrees. The temperatures will be, it'll t- touch 40. So it won't be terrible conditions, but not ideal conditions. But I do think Penn State has the advantage on the outside. Uh, we'll see what Minnesota has, see if they can run the ball. I know their offensive line's been really good this year. Penn State's been eh, not great against the run, but not terrible. Um, a couple more square dogs to mention in the Big Ten this week. Uh, Iowa and Illinois. I I know a lot of people have been really big on the Illini this year. Of course, they had that monstrous win over Wisconsin. I would just caution you at Michigan State this week. Everybody's on Illinois plus 14 and a half. And I know Michigan I just went on this rant and say how Michigan State wasn't that good. They're not. But this line is weird. And anytime you get a square, I mean, this is square dog, 14 and a half. Everyone's on Illinois. So just be careful of that. Something tells me Michigan State gets a big, they've been, they've been beat down. Michigan State's had a brutal, brutal schedule this season. Like absolutely, like they've played some really tough games. Even their non-conference was tough against Arizona State. They should have won that game, but still tough. Listen to the last three games Michigan State's played. Penn State at Wisconsin at Ohio State. They've been they've been getting the doors blown off them for three weeks in a row. I think they I think I think D'Antoni's a good coach. I I, I just think that he just doesn't know how to kind of utilize some of the, these weapons that they have, and offensively he's not a great coach. But I think I think he's a good leader of men, and he and he's built a good program with Sparty. And I think they show some pride on Saturday. And Illinois can be Illinois can be had. Uh, they can be had, and if you jump on the Illini early, I think there's a chance. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump on the square dog of Illinois this week. Same thing for Iowa. Uh, I think it's plus nine at Wisconsin. Mm. Same thing with Wisconsin. They've been beaten down recently too. Tough loss against Ohio State, where they just got their just the doors blown off them. They lost to Illinois. I think they've lost two of three. I think they had a win sprinkled in there. Uh, no, they've lost two in a row. Wow. Yeah, stay away from Wisconsin this week. Good team. Now, Wisconsin's a good team. Not a great team. They're a good team. Good teams that have been beaten down. They get to play down now to an opponent at home. Iowa's been kind of up and down this year, especially offensively. Uh, Be careful taking those points this week. Square dogs. Public dogs, they have fleas. So just be careful. Uh, Other, the last game I want to get to, uh, I kind of I I stumbled onto this stat. I think Ralph Michaels a wager talk who does a great job. By the way, if you don't follow him uh, at Cal Sports, I think underscore LV, uh, one of the best numbers guys in the business. Like literally, this guy eats numbers for bread. Like that's all he does. Like it's just numbers all the time. Uh, and he's got these algorithms and these systems, and and he's just he's a real nice guy, very approachable. So uh, follow him on Twitter, reach out to him, you know, get his information because he can help you. Um, Miami, the week. After facing Florida State, you know that's their big rivalry game. Uh, they played FSU last week. They beat them pretty handily. Uh, the week after the Florida State game, Miami in the last five years, excuse me, in the last six years, one and five ATS, including four losses, straight up losses when they were favored. That is eye popping, and that it's it makes sense, you know. Especially if you win that game, you're high, you know. You're coming off a win against your rival, and then boom, you got to go back to work. Uh, no buy this week for Miami. They are, I think, hosting Louisville. I believe they're the home team in that game. Let me confirm, because again, I don't want to give you guys bad information, and then you come back and say, "What the hell, Jared?" What did you say? Yes, Miami's the home team. And again, I use the word home team lightly. That's a hard rock stadium game. So probably going to be a lot of Louisville fans there. Louisville travels well. Uh, they can get bowl eligible with a win. Actually, both teams can get bowl eligible with a win. Uh, and that's saying something coming from Louisville because you didn't really think they were going to be that kind of team this year. They've kind of played up, uh, I would say, have the Cardinal 5-3 and three on the year. Uh, they've had a decent season. Uh, and and I, I have a feeling... 
Actually, no. I don't have a feeling. I know. They're going to play well this week. And Miami's not going to play as well as people think. I like that trend a lot. I think that trend is a really kind of in-the-weeds trend that you might not think about, but it is effective. When you these because the reason why these are 18 to 22 year old kids, if you think that they don't know that they just beat their rival and everything's awesome and they're the best and they're thinking about themselves a little bit differently this week, then you just really don't know how college football kids think because these kids think about this stuff and these trends are like this for a reason. And I would not be surprised if Miami played poorly this week. Uh, so just a trend to think about uh, when you pick your 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 college football card this week. Uh, exciting card. Again, we got the Bama-LSU game we're really excited about. Obviously, Penn State, I'll have my eye on them at noon. Uh, and then the late game, that, that Oklahoma-Iowa uh, State game, you know, maybe the advice there would be try to get Oklahoma live. You know, maybe 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 Iowa State jumps out to a lead, 7 nothing. You can get Oklahoma minus 7 for the game. Maybe it goes down to 7.5. Uh, I do think Oklahoma wins the game. I just think 14's a lot. Again, we did see sharp money on Oklahoma this week. The Sharps think Oklahoma's going to cover. I, I really need them to play well and figure out a way to get into the playoff because I've got a future on them to uh, win the title, uh, and it ain't looking good now. So I, I, Georgia and Oklahoma are my two CFP title props this year. I think Georgia's dead. I don't think there's any way they get in. Um, uh, you know, it – it would take a mirror. I mean, and I might hedge out of that in the SEC title game uh, because if they win the SEC title game, they'll be in. So I'll probably hedge out of that. I won't get great value on it, but at least I'll make a little bit back because I just, Georgia just, I don't know. Maybe it was a one-year thing. They were so good last, they were so good last year. I just don't know what happened. Um, oh, that South Carolina game, that 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 kicker. Um, all right, so, uh, Oklahoma, be mindful of that's the late game, but definitely keep an eye on it. Sharp throw on Oklahoma. Again, the sharp money this week, Baylor, Ohio State, Washington State. Uh, stay away from the square dogs, Illinois, Iowa. Um, and if you want to play this Miami trend, fade the Hurricanes week after Florida State game. Uh, interview, John Jastrzemski, one of the best dudes that I know in this business. Uh, I really appreciate him coming on and spending time with us. Again, he works at uh, one of the main hosts, uh, WFA and Sports Radio. He does the JJ After Dark segment, does the unlocks, which is you know awesome that he's been doing this gambling thing. These unlocks that he does, he calls them his unlocks, and it's kind of a joke. Uh, it, the gambling thing's been a been a big deal for a while. Uh, it's just not mainstream, and now it is because it's legal in a lot of these states. Colorado just uh, enacted it earlier this week, um, and New York, just get off your ass, Cuomo. Figure it out, man. Uh, New Jersey obviously is getting the big uh, lion's share of the attention right now. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's rejuvenated Atlantic City, but it's made Atlantic City much more of a destination now than it was two years ago. Plain and simple. I go to the ocean at least once a quarter, once every few months, and that place is Vegas. If you go outside, it's Atlantic City. But the hotel and the casino and the sports book is Vegas. That sports book is awesome in the ocean. It is awesome. And if you're not from this area and you want to go down and you can't get to Vegas because it's too far, or excuse me, I should say if you are in this area, most, most of my listeners are probably in the Northeast. If you're in this area and you want to go down, go to ocean. It is the best sports book I've seen in AC Bally's. I heard I haven't been, so I don't want to short Bally's, but Bally's just opened a new one that I heard is awesome. I'm going to try to go down there, go down there on my next trip, but I have not been down there yet. Uh, DraftKings has one in the Resorts Casino. I've been to that. It's not as good as Ocean. Ocean, the William Hill book, best book in AC. I've not been to Bally's yet, so maybe Bally's has it. But for now, on my knowledge of the books that are there now, Ocean is legit. I love the crap stealers there. Everyone's awesome. Uh, it's a great time. So, it, it, But to belay the point, it's big time now. Uh, here in New Jersey, it's legal. Uh, the book at the Meadowlands is a great book. It's not; it doesn't have the resorty quality that 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 Ocean does, and you know Atlantic City does, because uh, there's no real gambling there. It's just sports gambling. You know, there's no craps, there's no blackjack, none of that stuff, um, and it's not a hotel, uh, and it's not a resort. Can't go to the pool or the spa. So, but I do like the Meadowlands book. Obviously, it's where I work a lot of times. So I, I don't want to short you guys because the FanDuel book there is really solid, and. It, you can. It's a great experience to watch the games. It just doesn't have all the other bells and whistles that the AC uh, resorts do, obviously, uh, with the, the 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 things that can go on there. So 
Um, JJ's been great. Uh, he, he's been one of the pioneers in, in this in this market uh, with the sports stuff. Uh, the unlocks is fun. Uh, he gave me five of them. I'm sh- assuming those are the ones he's going to give out on his show uh, this weekend. I think he goes on later tonight. I know he's doing a segment at SNY today. So we did about a 30-minute call. Uh, and, again, it, uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. All that fun stuff as well, so you kind of get to know JJ uh, and what makes him tick. Uh, so, without further ado, John Jastrzemski, WFAN Sports Radio, here on the Sharp Action Podcast. All right, joining us now, a friend of the pod and a friend of true degenerates everywhere, uh, John Jastrzemski of WFAN Sports Radio here in New York City. JJ, uh, first time, long time, buddy. Uh, this is uh, great to have you on here. Man, the pleasure is all mine, and anytime I get a chance to break it down with a fellow degenerate as we look <laughs> ahead to a football weekend, you know that's a beautiful thing, my man. It is. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, we're taping this on Friday afternoon, so we got a big weekend of football. We're going to get to some picks at some point today, but but to start out, you know, you've been one of the guys that that have kind of been on this 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 gambling movement uh, before it really hit the mainstream over the last year I mean I've been listening to you for a while this is something that you've been preaching for years now and it's something that I, I respect because it's something that I've been preaching for years and now finally it's kind of hit the mainstream and it's kind of hit the bright lights of what mainstream media is so talk about your background in gambling how'd you get started how did you really kind of figure out all right this is something I'm passionate about I'm more into the analytical side of picking games you know the x's and o's stuff is cool but but this gambling side of it is something that i want to do and and i want to be involved in you know jared that's a great question and i gotta say it wasn't like some come to jesus moment it's something that kind of just happened organically and it happened over the course of time i mean look you're at college you go away to college you have fun watching football talking football and yeah betting on football so you know, the element of point spreads, for me, it really started in the NFL. It kind of took its way to college. Of course, then it transitions into college basketball. And it's this idea of the challenge and that desire to win. I'm a competitive person. Therefore, you throw that element and that angle in there. It always appealed to me. And it was fun to talk about. You know, it's not just the idea of talking about, well, why the Giants are going to beat the Jets this week. But why a line opens a certain way, why money comes in a certain way on a given team, why the line may move another way. And all of a sudden, over time, and I would say I got sharper and I got smarter Mm. about it. More and more I read about it. More and more I looked into it. Having sites like the Action Network and all the Vegas insiders and all that sort of stuff, it has kind of like morphed and evolved my opinion of how I look at a game. Yes, it's like basically, Jared – the managerial side of being a big league manager where you have to have that old school vibe to you where sometimes, you know what, you got to disregard trends. You got to disregard fading public and whatnot, go with your gut. But in many instances, that analytical data, it means something just like that Vegas data is going to mean something. Yeah. And it's funny because that that's been a big push and pull. Something that I've examined here is, is, you know, when do you go with what your gut's telling you, what you see and what are you, when do you go with the analytics and the DVOA and all these numbers that are coming out now? Because, you know, it's, it's a wealth of knowledge. Like, like we have so much information at our fingertips now compared to, you know, 10 years ago when this was really just coming out uh, and all of these analytical sites are starting to put out this stuff. But I, I tend to go more towards what is the line telling me each game, and that's where I'll start. And then from there, I'll break down some analytics and say, all right, is the line telling me something that I should be looking at, or is it just totally off? When when you look at a game, let's just take NFL, because that's definitely the most publicly bet games uh, that we've seen. When, when, when you go to cap an NFL game, what's the first thing that you look at, and then where does the information filter down from there until you ultimately reach a decision, this is the side I'm going to go with? It's funny you say that, Jared. So the first thing I normally will do is before I get a chance to look at any line for a given week, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal have guessed the lines for years. I now do it myself where Mm -hmm. I will look at the matchups. I won't look at a point spread, and I'll say, okay, you have Cleveland, Buffalo. You have the Jets and the Giants. You go through all the games for a given week, and I kind of guess to what I think that line should be. 
I factor in the three points for home field advantage. I factor in the injuries that may come into play. And look, there's some weeks where you can't do it. Patrick Mahomes this week is a perfect example. You didn't Mm -hmm. know if he was going to play on Sunday. So you kind of have a sense for, all right, this is what the line may be with him. This is what the line may be without him. And that's a challenge the books have, too. I mean, they they have to fight that every week. You know it, Jared. They won't put out a line if there's a big quarterback injury and they're going to wait until the last possible minute. So I'd like to do that first. Then I take a peek at what those opening numbers may be, and I'm like, wow, that line is completely off. Wow, that line is kind of spot on. And that kind of gets the ball rolling for me as far as what I might be looking at. I'll give you a line this week that makes absolutely no sense. Buffalo and Cleveland. Oh, if yeah, that's the one that I, I love it. And I'm all over Cleveland this week. Me that too. All over be, Cleveland this week. That line <laughs> should be Buffalo pick em, Buffalo minus one, Buffalo minus one and a half. Absolutely, the 100%. The fact that that line opened up at what? Two Cleveland favorites. And it went to three, two, like right away. Three, yeah. That tells you something. And you know oh, what? Yeah. Listen, every now and again, those square plays will hit. So I can't mm-hmm. say it's always an exact science, but more often than not, if you wager a certain way and you see a game like that and you think it's fishy and you side with that fishy line movement, I think you're going to win money. Yeah, and it's so funny because you, you mentioned the line movement. This happened last night uh, with the USF Temple game. Uh, big move overnight. Uh, big move on USF. I, I went to bed on Wednesday night. USF was plus two and a half. I woke up Thursday morning and it was minus one. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, and I listened to a couple podcasts, and it did turn out that there was a big sharp bet on USF uh, that went down earlier this week. And, of course, what happens? Temple wins the game by 10. So, it, you know, it doesn't always work out. But it, you're, I think you're right. I think that's the nail on the head. All, if, if you spread this out over the course of a long season and you follow these line movements over the course of a, you know, 500-game sample size, 1,000-game sample size, you're probably going to be on the right side 60% of the time, between 55 and 60%. And that's winning. And that's what I think is hard for a lot of new bettors to understand is you're not going to go 8-0 every week. That's crazy. I mean, that's just no, it's, it's mean, crazy and, to and think that. Yeah. And that's the frustrating angle of it because when you do what we're doing and you're putting picks on record, people have the mindset, oh, you have all this knowledge. Yeah. You're following it. Oh, you're going to be right all the time. No. There are sometimes you have a bad read. I'll give you an example. Carolina and San Francisco a few weeks ago. I love Carolina. Mm-hmm. The sharp angle said to take Carolina. Well, San Francisco whooped them. The game wasn't close. You know what you do in that spot? You tip your cap and you say, all right, I was dead wrong. I can live with the outcome. I can accept the outcome. And, Jared, I'll take games like that where my read and my feel was a 1,000% wrong over one of those games that is influenced over the final minute of the game. Maybe it's a pass interference call. Maybe it's this. It's maybe it's that. I can go to bed a lot easier knowing, you know what, my read, my handicap on that game was just completely off. Talking with John Jastrzemski here on the Sharp Action Podcast. Uh, Big uh, football weekend coming up. We mentioned one of the games. We like Cleveland-Buffalo as kind of one of those games where the Sharp Action pushes you in one direction. Uh, What else are you looking at this week? Could be college, could be NFL, could be even basketball as we start up basketball season uh, in in terms of some sharp money that that maybe you see coming in on one side this weekend. Well, I, with college, and I love betting college basketball, Jared, Mm. once the conference season starts, yeah, I'll dabble with a play here, a play there. It's really, really tough to handicap these games. And that's something I would tell everybody to be mindful of. Even oh, yeah. the books, even short bettors can't really evaluate what exactly is going into these games because they haven't seen anybody play. You have mm-hmm. no idea what these teams are. You have no idea what they're about. So they can have an idea. They can try to throw a dart. But it's not a given that all of a sudden that sharp action means, you know, a play is going to hit, a game is going to hit. So I'd be very careful of that with the college in the early Totally game. agree. Um, yeah. Now with the NFL this week, there are a lot of games I like. I don't know if it's a great NFL card from a viewing perspective. From a betting perspective, I love the card. And mm. there's one at 1 o'clock that I'm going to be all over. And I have faded this team in back-to-back weeks. I'm fading them again this week. I'm fading Chicago for the third straight week. This line has okay. moved about a point and a half. It's basically split action right now. It's not a big public play with the Lions. I think they're right around 55%. And I get a division game. I'm getting points. And I get a chance to fade Mitchell Trubisky. 
Jared, I've done that the last two weeks. It worked for me against the Chargers. They covered. It worked for me against the Eagles last week. That is something that I like to do. If I can find a team that's good to me covering the number, and maybe it's not a Joe Public type deal, where look, some people are blindly going to bet New England. Some people are going to blindly bet Mahomes and Kansas City. Yeah, they were a big public play last week. The you get a team though like the Raiders, and you get a team like the Lions, where maybe only the sharp the smart, the more savvy handicapper is going to be riding that trend. I'm riding that trend again this week. Not only do I think the Lions cover two and a half, I think they win a game outright. Yeah, no, I mean, and and that's kind of funny because the NFL is the one sport where I am almost exclusively fade the public. Like it, 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 college, I don't think it's as prevalent unless you get to some of these bigger games. The NBA is is weird. I, I don't get into the NBA a whole lot until we get closer to the playoffs. College basketball, I'm I'm like you. I'm usually January, February is when I really start to you know peek my peek my nose into what's going on with college troops. Bears two and six against the number this year, by the way. They've been atrocious. I mean, a- absolutely atrocious. So if you keep fading them, I think that's definitely a good definitely a good idea. Is is football your favorite sport to cap? Like in, in terms of an analytical perspective or I mean I know you're a big college hoops guy, but like in terms of sitting down and really breaking down a game, is football do you think your best or your favorite sport to cap? It's funny because I think with football you just have more time to do it. You have more time mm, yeah. to think about it. The whole I week, love, basically. I love the angle of college basketball, especially with, like, conference tournaments and into oh, the NCAA yeah. tournament where you have that, like, they rest. And you basically kind of just got to read-react. You don't want to overreact. Like, there's all of that balancing act. Like, those first couple of days of the conference tournaments from just a pure wall-to-wall gambling perspective, like, Wednesday to Sunday, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really as good as it gets. But – to me, the two yeah, it's basketball sports, porn, basically, basically <laughs> NFL Sundays and Sunday from conference tournament week until the final four. I mean, yeah. nothing gets better than that, bro. Although I like capping the regular season in college basketball. I know a lot of people don't like doing it, but mm-hmm. Jared, I like those Saturdays where you can go from high noon until about 12 o'clock at night and you can find <laughs> a game you like a time slot, man. And they're quick. It's not like college football. We got to sit there for three and a half, four hours. These yeah, games are coming at you fast, man. And these NFL games drag. All right, talking with John Jastrzemski here on the Sharp Action Podcast. Fun football weekend coming up. Uh, but I, I want to talk a little big picture now. Uh, the industry itself has, has, has really you know grown, obviously, a lot uh, in the last few years. And, and you're starting to see a lot of these kind of kind of you know sections branch off in between the sports gambling industry as a whole i've been able to take advantage a little bit of the live betting stuff that's basically all of the show that i host on on the sports grid network is live betting the prop betting has become huge obviously FanDuel and DraftKings has just revolutionized and points bet as well revolutionized how the average gambler looks at a game what's your take on the next generation of sports gambling as we really move into this mainstream movement and this stuff is now accessible for the average American. Yeah, the live betting. And I have to admit, it's something that for me is very tough to analyze because yes, you can find value, Jared, if there's a team you like, and let's say fall behind 10 to nothing, that seems like an easy way to go about it. Yeah. Um, but it's just very, what's the word? Tilt. You know, like when you're playing <laughs> blackjack and you're playing oh, poker yeah. and you're on tilt. I feel like if you're live betting, there's that danger of very much being on tilt that I would caution everybody to be very, very careful of. You can find value in it, but on the flip side, it can be very irrational. Oh, my goodness. Uh, team scored at 7 nothing. I, I got to live bet this. I got to live yeah, bet yeah, that. Yeah. I like to let things marinate, so it's something that I don't do a whole lot of. I'll tell you when I'll throw a live bet in, when I miss a chance to bet a game. You know, a college football game at noon – I sleep yeah. in a little late. It's 12-15, <laughs> and all of a sudden somebody scored a touchdown. Ooh, maybe I want to throw some action in. But for me, that's where I think you're going to see a lot of the live and a lot of the casual better diving in because they're not going to all of a sudden be aware of what they have in front of them. You know, it's like, oh, my God, yeah. I have all this information. I have all these different ways to handle it. And you got to be very, very careful when it comes to that. Look, gambling's fun. It's a passion of mine. It's something that I will do through the rest of my life. But when you have people who are inexperienced, that's where it can get very, very dangerous. 
Yeah, and and that's definitely something we caution is, you know, have a bankroll, bankroll management, and also have a plan. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning every day, you have a routine, you brush your teeth, you go to work, whatever. Have a plan when you're when you're live betting a game. And I, I tell people on, on a card that's really big, like say it's a college football card on a Saturday, isolate one or two games that you think are going to have a lot of points scored or you think is going to be one is a momentum swing in one direction and try to isolate one or two games where you think you can find an advantage and then wait for your moment and then you know fade the runs and get that value and then get in and get out like Muhammad Ali boom get your jab get back out because you're right if you just click 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 you know you're going to go broke really fast so it, it, it's it's really good advice to caution people on that uh prop betting has been huge it's something that i've you know i always sprinkle in at least one or two every week i think it's something that if you can find where the juice is kind of flowing you can find where the sharp action is on the props have you dabbled in props at all is 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 that something that you know you like to kind of mix in with your card every week not really jared i do it during the super bowl i might do okay. it during a big game or two I have never been great at it. It's fun with the Super Bowl, <laughs> but like yeah. it's dangerous. I mean, there are Monday night props, there are Thursday night props, there are Sunday oh, yeah, it's night for props for everything. So I spend so much time breaking down the ins and outs of the game for me to start dabbling and saying, "Oh, geez, is this guy going to get it?" And, and there's so <laughs> much luck, and there's so much of an element of chance oh, so involved much. with the props that yes, sometimes you can take advantage of that sharp action, but sometimes you really can't take any of that stuff into account. Yeah, and, and I think the to me the challenge is I, I like trying to find the one that's the easy winner. And I, I don't bet them in volume. I'll usually do maybe one for the primetime game Monday night. I'll do like one for a Sunday night game, and then maybe I'll do like one during the day on Sunday. Uh, but I try to find unique ones that are just kind of fun and different uh, because you're right. Like if you're just betting on one guy to score a touchdown every week that you really likes on your fantasy team, or you're betting on your, you know, your favorite running back to go over the yards every week, probably over the long haul, you're going to be down just because of the way that, that these are juiced up. So I, I, I agree with your take there. It's definitely not something that you want to volume bet, but it is certainly fun. Uh, it, what's, what's been the biggest surprise for you, uh, through the last couple of years now, now that this has become kind of mainstream, uh, it, it, you know, pleasant surprise or unpleasant surprise about the growth of the industry and kind of where you see it going. Two things. One, the fact that the networks have now kind of embraced yeah. the idea of what's going on is something I never could have envisioned five years ago and 10 years ago. And I applaud all of them because if you're watching a game and the total is in question, the game is in question. If you're broadcasting <laughs> that game, listen, if it's a three-point game, and yeah. you know, that's where the focus should be. But when you have a game that's, let's say, an 11-point game with 30 seconds left, and that point spreads at five and a half, then yeah, a good majority of the people watching that game are looking to see if you're going to cover the numbers. So to me, that is where I want to see even more of the broadcasting element and folks on play-by-play elements and studio elements talking about this stuff. And that's why I have a great admiration for what Scott Van Pelt and Steve do. Oh, the best. Every night. The I best. Bless them. And I'm not an ESPN oh. guy, but that show Amen. has now become must-watch because of what they do. The other thing, Bad Jared, beats. I would say. The best segment on TV. Oh, hands down. Bad beats. <laughs> and when they do picks, I love it. The holier-than-now element that you still get, though, from people who are going to bash the industry – Mm. And I don't want to name names, but I could. People who want to stick their nose to what's going on with the wagering element and they try to diminish what's going on with the wagering element. It's so naive. It's so out of touch. And these people just simply don't get it. That to me is a little surprising in a way that there's still this backlash from some. It's a minority. It's not a majority. But man, it's awfully tough to take. Yeah, it's big business now. I mean, you know, New Jersey did a billion a handle in one year, and it's only getting bigger. I mean, I think New York needs to wake up. Uh, Colorado just passed it earlier this week. You know, they're going to be up and running soon. I mean, how cool of a town is Denver going to be now? I mean, it's already a great town. Now you add sports betting to it. Uh, it, and I, I think eventually New York will get on board because they have to. I, I'm hearing senators and lawyers saying that they're they're sick seeing all the money going across the Hudson River. I mean, it's millions of dollars every week going across the Hudson River. Uh, but that that's that's definitely a separate argument. Uh, fun slate this week. Uh, I'll give you your best bet for the weekend before we let you go, bud. Okay, so I'll give you five. I'm in a given spirit. So All right. Oh, wow. I, I love you. it. Well, listen, you know how it works in Vegas. The unlocks, baby. Let's do it. The, you got to pick five with the Super Contest, so I'm picking five. Yeah, that's true. Um, I gave you the Lions plus two and a half. That's a game I'm on. 
Uh, I love the Browns laying the three against Buffalo. To me, that is just such an obvious sucker, fishy line. I'm oh, spelling yeah. that out. I'm all over Cleveland. And I also think the reason that line has gotten to where it's at is because Buffalo has not been overly impressive the last few weeks. So no. there is an analytical sense to it. There's also a football sense to it. Sooner or later, the Browns are going to win a game. Sooner or later, the Bills are going to lose a game. I'll take Cleveland laying three. I am taking the Packers. Now, this is maybe a little bit of a square play, but I am haunted by what we saw with Carolina two weeks ago. Now I get the Packers coming off a loss. This line has only moved a point, and I think people may overreact, and even sharp betters may overreact to what you saw with Green Bay and the Chargers last week. I think the Packers are going to roll in that game. Bad weather. I expect them to win by two scores. Final two games I've given you. I like the Cowboys Sunday night. Fade Kirk Cousins in prime time. I'll take that any day of the week. The last one I'm giving you, Monday night, I like the Niners to beat the Seattle Mm. Seahawks. That line has moved the point. Public is all over Seattle. And I don't think people realize how good that Niners team is. So what is your card? Oh, they're legit. Uh, I I love Cleveland. I I I think Cleveland's gonna be like my my first like real two unit play of the NFL season. I the, Buffalo has done nothing. Their six wins combined nine and forty four record on those six, on those six teams that they beat. So I the and the way that that line opens. So not only analytically is the is the game pointing to Cleveland, <clears throat> but but also just the way that the line has moved. I mean, so I I'm totally on with Cleveland. I I, I Green Bay is a weird one for me. The Packers I. I, the, to me, that's a layoff game. I, 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 I like your take on the Niners game because I think that game would scare any better that wants to bet you know, the Panthers at anything less than a touchdown in that game. And the fact that it went right from seven, I think it like it's five and a half, six now. So it, it hasn't moved a ton. You're right. And, and I think there's value on the Packers there, but it's a, it's a public play for me. So I, I, I'm going to stay off, but I, I do think the Packers probably win that game. I just don't know by how much. Uh, love the Niners. Love, love the Niners on Monday night. Square Seattle dog. Uh, I, I I also think I'm going to take a nibble with the Steelers at home this week, plus three and a half. It worries me that the Rams are off the bye. Uh, I just don't trust Jared Goff, and I, I think I think Pittsburgh has kind of figured something out here. Uh, and if, if they can get this win on Sunday, uh, they they are still in the mix for the AFC North and, and the postseason. Uh, I think it'll be tougher for them to win the North. Uh, but I think if, if they can get a win on Sunday against the Rams in, in a tough spot. But I don't know. I just don't trust Goff. What, what's your take on Goff? No, I don't year? blame you on that. I don't blame you on that. And the Steelers defense has been trending upward the last year. Yeah. Years. To me, I'm playing that game, Jared. And I don't love it just because of the Steelers' offense and the injuries they have going on. Yeah. But to me, that's a Steelers of pass type of game. That's the only way I'm playing the game. I like the fact that I got the hook. That's the reason that I'm playing the Steelers. I got the three and the hook with Pittsburgh, so I'm going to play that. Uh, John Jastrzemski from WFAN. He does stuff for SNY. You can follow him at John underscore Jastrzemski on Twitter. JJ, man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on with me. Jared, pleasure's all mine. Let's cash some tickets this weekend. All right, Sharp Action Podcast continues after this. Uh, JJ's great, isn't he? He brings the energy. Uh, thanks again, John. Uh, that was fun. Uh, again, you can catch him uh, on WFAN. He does mostly the the eleven to the ten to two shift, but you know you can catch him sometimes during the week. Uh, during the weekday, during the drive time, depending on where the schedule uh, kind of suits him uh, and where the schedule suits WFAN. So so follow him on Twitter. Uh, to catch that, and and he he's usually good about when he's going on, and, and same thing with SNY. He does a pretty regular stuff for SNY's new show, The Thread, uh, which is it's fun, it's different, it's more geared towards millennials, it's more geared towards the younger crowd. Uh, they talk about gambling a lot on that show. They talk about you know social media a lot, uh, and JJ brings brings the thunder every time. He's one of the most excitable guys in the industry, and just an overall good dude. And we thank him for coming on. Um, so you. That's pretty much that. That's pretty much what we were thinking about this week in terms of the show. Uh, not a whole lot else to talk about. Uh, I do want to reinforce that Cleveland line is best bet, cat. And I know I, I I hate using best bet. I just hate it because it's so stupid and it goes against everything that you know what capping should be if you want to do this the right way. But I haven't seen a game in this cap this way this year. So uh, I, I haven't seen all the stars align like this in an NFL game this year. So I would go Browns, and I'd go Browns hard. 
Uh, who knows? We'll see if it hits. I, 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 my guess is it will. Um, so, again, thanks to JJ. Uh, catch uh, the early parts of this pod if you want some of the college football stuff. Uh, I feel like I did a pretty uh, pretty decent job of getting you set for college football. NFL, JJ had it had it on lockdown, man. Uh, the One of the sharper minds uh, in this area uh, doing this right now, and he's been ahead of this curve for a while. So we hope that I'm on again down the road. But he's a busy man, so we'll be mindful of his time for now. But uh, we thank him for coming on again. Uh, and thank you, the listeners. Again, follow the Sharp Action Pod. Uh, I'm going to do a better job of tweeting out more stuff. Uh, at Sharp Action Pod on Twitter. Of course, follow me on Twitter, at Jared Lee Smith. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, JJ said he's going to give us a retweet later, so you can get it from him. Uh, and, yeah, man, just 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 keep grinding. Uh, it's a long NFL season. It's a long college football season. We're getting to that point where these games matter, and these games are all big games. And this is when the books tend to have an advantage over the, the, the public because we've seen a lot, and the books are smarter than the public. So be careful when you're betting games that are heavily public bet games. Be mindful of where the action is flowing. Try to find a sharp angle. And, of course, follow the money.